Listener Production. Pre-kids, it's not your usual topic of conversation. Post-kids, however, you can't stop talking about it. Parents are fascinated by their baby's poo because it's like the canary in the coal mine. When their poos change, it can tell so much about them. This is Mother Doctor Nurse, our 12-week special series tackling the health and safety of our children. On this episode, our experts answer your questions all about poo. Feed, Play, Love with Sarah Hunstead and Dr Deb Levy. It's not something we're taught is polite conversation, but once you become a parent, there's no avoiding it. Poo becomes something you talk about with your partner, friends and family. And in this episode of Mother, Doctor, Nurse, we are spending all our time answering your questions on poo. And when I say we, I mean paediatrician Dr. Deb Levy and paediatric nurse Sarah Hunstead, because they know more about the topic than me. Sarah, Deb, welcome. Hello. Hi, thank you. And when I say you know more about poo, uh, it has been mentioned before that this is one of Deb's favourite topics. Uh, Deb, why do you love this topic so much? Because it tells us so much about your child's health. You know, from the diet they're eating, whether their gut's working properly, whether I need to consider their microbiome, it really gives a whole lot of information. Yeah, but you can't answer that and then not show us your mug. This was a birthday present from some people who love me and know me so well. And as you can see, there's even a little lid, so my tea inside is steaming hot still. (laughs) (laughs) Deb, you are the queen of poo. Oh, dear. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I love it. Okay, it's a great mug. Let's start with this question from Jessica, and that is, how often should a newborn poo? I think that there are two things that I want to point out. One is, when should your child make their first poo? The first poo that a newborn makes is something called meconium, and that's that thick, sticky, black, disgusting stuff that is incredibly difficult to wipe off your baby's bottom. And that should happen within the first 24 to 48 hours. If it doesn't, then that's something that you should talk to your healthcare provider about. Moving on from that, then it really depends on whether your baby is being breastfed or bottle fed. Typically speaking, and by bottle I mean formula, sorry. Typically speaking, a breastfed baby will poo a few times a day. And that is very, very normal. But there is a very big range as well. Um, Even with breastfed babies, they can even poo once every few days or even longer than that. So it's a little bit of a difficult question to answer specifically um, because every child is different. And what about the formula-fed babies? If you're breastfed, you said a minimum of two. What about the formula-fed babies? Is it different for them? Well, so just to back up, I may not have been clear. For breastfed babies, um, it's very unusual for them to actually get constipated. So even if they're only pooing every few days, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're constipated or that there are any problems at all. Um, So, you know, there really is no norm other than what's normal for your child. To formula-fed babies, again, your baby will have their norm and... um, I'll probably reference back to that in terms of it's about knowing your baby and working out when things change because that's often the clue that there's something wrong. 
But in the first few days, you're not going to know what their normal is. So again, I go with the few times a day is what I like to see in all babies. Okay, well, Renee says, formula makes my baby constipated. We have tried different ones, adding prune juice, and she still gets constipated. Any advice? I didn't realize that you could add prune juice to formula. What is there an age range that you would suggest for that, Deb? Well, I probably wouldn't be adding prune juice to formula. I think... Um, it's something that becomes a little bit tricky because, yes, prune juice is a wonderful natural way to help constipation. But when it when you're talking about a very young baby whose only nutritional intake really is liquid, you don't want for a big proportion of that to be something that's non-nutritive, so something that doesn't have all the nutrients that they need. Um, so back to the, the original concern around the constipation and formula, it's really, really common. And the majority of the time is it. there's no underlying problem. There's no underlying pathology. It's just that formula can be a bit tough on a child's gut. So what I usually recommend in most situations is considering changing formula. And I've put it in that way because what I don't want is for families to chop and change with formula on a regular basis, but it may mean that your child does need another formula, but I would do this under the guidance of your healthcare provider. Deb, I think one of the things too is that um, people have a lot of different definitions of what constipation is. Can you define what constipation is? Because I think that's going to be really helpful for everybody listening. I'll get my geek hat on and I'll just say there's something called the Rome Criteria for Constipation. And that really is is um, an organization that labels constipation as less than three poos a week. Personally, I actually think a baby needs to poo more regularly than this. However, when it comes to newborns and young children, it's about noticing, first of all, the quality of the poo. So a child who is having little, hard, dry poos, that to me sounds like it could be constipation. So that's what I mean by the quality. Um, a child who's pooing infrequently but still having normal-looking poos may not be constipated. It's then around the effort of pooing. It's normal for babies to look like they're straining and grunting and going a bit red in the face when they poo. That is a normal process. But it's if you notice any change or any obvious distress. So a baby shouldn't necessarily cry um, when they're pooing or look like they're in extreme pain. So I'm, I'm skirting around the question here, Sarah, because I actually think it's quite a hard question, mind the pun, to answer <laughs> because, you know, constipation, especially in that, that early infancy period, is a difficult thing to diagnose because it, it, in terms of coming up with certain criteria because it's really about your child and any change in pattern that they're showing. Which actually makes me want to ask another question, because when you're talking about the poos being like little pellets, that in a new baby, in a newborn baby to me, would be a very clear sign something was wrong. Because from my memory, the baby's poo before starting solids was just like runny mustard. That's pretty much yeah. what it was. Okay. There, you know, it was like yeah. the consistency of a smoothie. <laughs> Absolutely. We talk about like seeded mustard, you know, like that, that, that kind of. 
that, that kind of consistency. There are lots of food references here, so um, I hope no <laughs> well, one's fair enough. Fair enough. Mm. I mean, it goes in one and comes out the other, right? So how do you know with that kind of poo whether they have diarrhea, for example? So you would notice if they were getting hard, considering the consistency normally is much more um, liquidy. So how can you tell when they've got diarrhea? Volume and frequency change. So here you're going to see massive amounts, perhaps even more watery, you know, those pooed armies, whatever you want to call them. Um, but again, on a more frequent basis, because what you might often see in otherwise absolutely healthy um, breastfed babies, if you, if you recall earlier, I said it can be totally normal for them to have a few days without pooing. And then they'll have this massive poo. So I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about sustained, large, watery poos. And you also may notice other things um, in terms of, you know, the general health of your baby because we're not just looking at the poo. You know, if, if your baby's miserable, not wanting to feed as well, perhaps has a fever, you know, these are all clues that something else is going on. And another indication may well be the smell. The smell might change. And I know that sounds disgusting, but trust me, um, as a seasoned paediatric nurse, if often we would have a child come into the emergency department and you would smell the poo and you go, hmm, I know what bug that is. Disgusting, but true. Yeah, well, I remember when they were little, it was like, I mean, I'm not saying it was this pleasant, but there was definitely a sweet-ish smell around that baby poop that wasn't as obnoxious as when they started <laughs> solids and then it all, whew, it all went bad after that. But I'm guessing John, uh, that you breastfed your babies because what you're describing is a is a breastfed poo. So formula-fed babies often have smelly poo as well. But again, Sarah is absolutely on the dot there. It's about that really offensive smelling and a change in the smell of their poo. Uh, this question comes from Jo. She says, my baby has mucousy poos. I've seen two GPs about it because I keep hearing that it's a concern and means a food intolerance or another issue. The GPs say it is totally fine. I even gave up dairy for six weeks while breastfeeding, but they were still mucousy. What does this really mean? I'm guessing that's one for you, Deb. I think there are two things I want to talk about here. One is mucus in the poo, and the other one is always being the advocate for your child. So I might, I might need that one to Sarah. But um, in terms of the mucousy poos, there is a degree of what's normal, and it, it can be normal for babies. Um, and young children to have small amounts of mucus in their poo. And that's because mucus is produced, it's part of what lubricates the gut and what helps the poo pass. But what we don't want to see is large amounts of poo. Sorry, excuse me, large amounts of mucus in the poo. We never want to see large amounts of poo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so there's that aspect about looking at the mucus, the, the volume of the mucus itself. Then it's looking at is there anything else in the poo? So the other big thing we always look for, or ask about at least, is is there blood in the poo? Mucus plus blood usually indicates um, some degree of inflammation, irritation, food intolerances. Mucus alone can, as I've mentioned, either be a variant of normal. It could be that your child does have a food intolerance. It could be that your child has a snotty nose and they're merely swallowing the mucus and it's coming out in their poo. You know, so those, those are the, the things that I will consider. And then again, you know, we've got to zoom out and look at the child as a whole. Are they otherwise thriving, feeding, in no pain, no signs of reflux or irritation? You know, that'll guide us down one path. 
And so, Sarah, do you want to talk about the advocacy part that Deb mentioned there? I think it's really, really important that we are absolutely advocates for our child, that if you, if, if your gut says that there is something wrong with your child, that it is different to normal, it is absolutely okay to get a second third opinion. Um, It is absolutely okay if you are not happy with what your GP is saying to ask them for a referral to a paediatrician as well. Um, I think that we've got to remember that you know your child best, seek the help you need. Absolutely. Our next question comes from Rosie R. Green poo. Six-month-old breastfed baby only and most poos have suddenly become green and causing nappy rash. Already off dairy for a long time. Can't think of anything else that's changed. Deb, do you know what's going on there? I tend not to worry so much about green poo, I must be honest with you. I guess it all depends on whether or not they're on solids. A six-month-old may very well be on solids, in which case they could just be eating a lot of green food and that's coming out in their poo. Um, if a baby who that's exclusively breastfed or formula fed has a few green poos, it's often just the state of their gut transit being increased a little bit. And what I mean by that is their gut is just working a little bit faster and it, it usually means nothing and it um, it usually just passes. And I'm usually using a lot of usuallys because honestly, um, I find that in the vast majority of patients, it is not a problem. I have to tell my green poo story now. Oh, I can't wait. So I think it was my daughter's fourth or fifth birthday and she wanted a black dragon cake. You see where this is going? Anyway, so I made the dragon and I misread the instructions because I was trying to get the icing black and it wasn't going black. I ended up using the whole bottle of (laughs) colouring. To make this icing black. You know the pressure as a mum to get the birthday cake, right? Was it from the Women's Weekly Cookbook? No, it was from this amazing place called Cake to the Rescue or something like that. They're brilliant. Anyway, so um, I got it ready. Like it turned out black as black. It was great. Then on the day of the birthday party, it was really hot and muggy. And I was noticing as all the kids were eating the cake, they were getting these like dark black streaks down their face, right, from the colouring. And then for about a week after, every child that came to that birthday party had these green, green poos from the icing, the mixture, the colouring. And I went back the next time. I, my son wanted the same cake month, years later. And so I made it again. And then I actually read the instructions this time. And it said to mix it with cocoa powder. So you didn't have to <laughs> use as much black colouring to get the dark colour. That is That's brilliant. my green poo story. I love yeah, The kids were very story. excited afterwards when they told me about the colour of their poo. Sorry, all the parents that took their kids to that party. <clears throat> Our next question comes from Beck. She says, how do we help constipation when iron supplements are involved? We keep our little one well hydrated, but he still gets constipated at least once a week where he is uncomfortable. Um, now, unfortunately, Beck doesn't put the age of her son in this. Um, I'm not sure if you can help with that. Can you do without an age? Yep. Um, I think the first thing to mention is iron will commonly cause constipation. Um, the other thing that, and I'll, the, the three things I warn parents about when I prescribe iron are one, your child may get constipated. So watch for that. Two, the 
poos will change color and they'll become very dark slash black without the cake. <laughs> and certainly if they're on a liquid one, it may, and they're, and they're older, it may actually discolor their teeth. So they should brush their teeth after taking them. So those are the three things. If your child does become constipated on iron su- supplements, the first option to me is always to see if you can change supplements. So there are different forms of iron that you can get and a, another one may be a little bit gentler on their tummy. So that's usually the first thing that I would do. Because in my books, there's no point in treating something if you can just remove the problem first. The next thing to suggest is increase that water. That We definitely know that water will help with all forms of constipation. And then there are a few other things you can do. Without going into a huge, long story about a holistic treatment program for constipation, make sure that your child is moving appropriately. Make sure that they that they moving in terms of squatting. So often jumps, going on the trampoline, um, or if they're little, you can cycle their legs for them. You can massage their tummy in a clockwise direction um, and really just trying to encourage that movement. You can encourage more frequent time on the, the toilet. I call that my toileting time. Um, again, just trying to you know get things going in a natural way. If none of that works and there's no way of jigging the supplements, then sometimes we will need to add in, you know, a laxative medication to help during that period. And you can try natural alternatives um, before you go for the more medical route as well. Um, Hitha says, how many poos are normal across a day in two-year-olds? I always like to aim for (laughs) one to two poos a day in children, in my books is normal. Um, but again, it's not just about the number of poos. It's also about what the poos look like and how your child is. When my youngest child was little, she was diagnosed with constipation. I actually didn't realise because she was still pooing, you know, not regularly, but the consistencies of her poo changed. So it was that dry, hard poo rather than that normal sausage soft-like poo that you like to to see. And I do recommend that if if you want a good visual, um, (laughs) go and look up the Bristol stool chart. Um, I really do like that. Uh, Chef, if you can put a link in the notes, that would be brilliant. Because it's a really good tool for parents to be able to take to their doctor. I mean, of course, you can photograph the poo as well. um, But being able to say, okay, it looks like this using the Bristol stool chart is a really good way of communicating what it looks like as well. All right. I'll definitely put that link in there. Kerry says, my toddler loves sultanas. I have noticed more than once what looks like a perfect grape in his stools. I'm certain it's the sultanas because I always chop his grapes. Is this normal? I feel like this must be a CPR Kids regular follower here. So Sarah, I might get you to answer that one. Well, if you actually scroll through the CPR Kids Instagram on Facebook, going back a little bit, you'll see that uh, also Casey, who was the CPR Kids digital manager, came across the exact same thing in her child's nappy. And initially, that was her thought too. She just went, whoa, I don't feed my child whole grapes. I work for CPR Kids. I know better than that. <laughs> I chop them up into <laughs> I quarters. Them. Yes. <laughs> um, but what happens is, is that children, of course, when they're eating they don't always chew as well as what they should and what's happening is the sultanas are actually rehydrating so don't panic they're not having the whole grapes 
when they poop them out, it may well be just a rehydrated sultana and that's okay. That is, oh, that is just the perfect story. I love that. <laughs> Melly P says, my preschooler recently turned four, more often than not has super mushy, though not watery poo, which smells putrid, worse than normal. Standard stool tests came back normal. Is this likely dietary or from a couple of courses of antibiotics last year, despite using probiotics? Should we try to remedy this or is it okay? Deb? Um, mushy poos in that age range is very, very common. And and also in the slightly younger age range. And there's, uh, there's this phenomenon called toddler's diarrhea where children will have you know, sloppier than normal, more frequent than normal poos with no underlying cause or no underlying pathology. And often for that, what I find is it can definitely be the diet. The first thing that I always ask about is how much fruit does your child have? I love fruit and I'm not saying it's a bad food, but you can have too much fruit. So too much fruit can cause these sloppy, mushy poos. Um, what's too much? For that age range, anything more than one and a half to maybe two serves of fruit a day is too much. The other point around it being smelly is, yes, that can be also diet-related. And the question what mum is alluding to there with the antibiotics is she's saying, could his gut microbiome have been impacted and now that's causing a change in his poo? And I have to say yes for that. We do know that antibiotics um, cause something called dysbiosis, which is a, a change, a shift in the healthy microbiome in our children or in us, in, our, in their guts. And that can cause a change in how you're pooing, a change in how it smells, plus other things. So um, it's a possibility that it could either be diet-related or from previous antibiotics. Marina asks, um, I've... <laughs> I feel like I could answer this question from Marina just from being part of this podcast. But anyway, Marina says, I've been noticing stringy bits in my five-year-old daughter's poop. It's clear and white, clear slash white and looks like string. I would have said that was pinworm, but, you know, I'm going to leave it to the experts. That's it. Am I on the mark, Sarah, Deb? Have I learned anything from Mother Doctor Nurse? I think via osmosis, you are now ready to diagnose, Siobhan, 100%. <laughs> uh, white, little stringy bits, absolutely. It could well be pinworms. Uh, so the answer to that is yes. Sorry, Marina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm going to take the opportunity to talk about other things as well, because we get a lot of questions in our CPR kids classes too about little stringy bits in poo, but brown or red stringy bits. And I've even to the point where we've had people come into um, the hospital because they've been really concerned about their, their baby's poo with these little wormy things in there that are red or brown. What I want you to think about is, have you fed your child banana in the past 24 hours before that? Because banana will actually cause 
little red stringy bits in or brown stringy bits in your baby's poo. So be aware of that. This is a public service announcement. Spread it across <laughs> to all of your parent friends, because especially before you start solids, it can be a really big surprise when you introduce banana for the first time, what their poo is going to look like. So let's spread the word. Red and brown stringy bits, have they eaten banana? Excellent. Um, well, look, there's one more question before I uh, let you guys go. And that is the best way to collect a stool sample. Oh, it's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> is it though? Again, I have to say that I've had to do this recently and there was no way my husband was going to be able to do it. Like, I didn't find it at all. Like it was fine. Like I had no problems with it, but he, no, no. Did you try the cellophane trick? No, we used we used a piece of uh, a piece of paper or Scott towel or something that I later put out in the bin. But um, my child, who will remain sexless and nameless, before they left the bathroom, they said to me, "What happens in the bathroom stays in the bathroom." Oh, I love that. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. So we haven't really answered the question. Sorry, Sarah, <laughs> Deb. How do you collect a stool sample? So I might start with the younger ones because with babies, it's relatively easy. When they're in nappies, uh, it, it is quite an easy thing to do. Now, uh, there is a lot going around on social media that what you should do is turn a disposable nappy inside out so that the non-absorbent part is against the skin. Uh, if they have got really liquidy poos, and because I have actually tried this when my little ones were younger, it didn't work. All we did was we just got poo everywhere because it didn't catch properly. What I think is a better idea is using a disposable nappy the right way that it should go on. And you can line that with uh, some Glad Wrap. Make sure it's still tucked into the sides. And then as soon as they have made their poo, then you take it off. You use the container that you have been given without touching the insides. And the container lid will more often than not have a little scoop in it. You just are able to use that little scoop, pop it on in and then dispose of the nappy as usual. If you don't have a scoop, you can often use something like a, uh, you know, a, the a spoon a spoon uh yeah i'd be <laughs> making sure that's pretty clean afterwards you may be wanting to use uh, a disposable cutlery spoon <laughs> that'll work um, but even kids who are using the potty, making sure the potty is clean and dry. And what we don't want is we don't want a mix of urine and poo. We would like poo only. Um, Deb, do you want to talk about, because uh, you've alluded to the cellophane trick, which I love, cellophane or glad wrap works really well. Do you want to tell everyone about that? I was just thinking, I used the word cellophane and I was wondering what country that that, that that's from. <laughs> I've so many. So does anyone know what I'm talking about? Cellophane, cling wrap, and as Sarah said, one of the trade names, glad wrap. Um, so the trick is, as Sarah's mentioned, in the nappy, but for children who are out of nappies, you can either line the potty with it if they're on a potty, or you can put it across your toilet bowl. So you lift the seat up. You make, obviously, you, you don't want to make it too straight and too oh, firm. No, no, otherwise, no. that poo's going to be thin skin. You want to you make it like a, a little um, dip, a little valley. That's what I was trying to think of. And um, so then your child can sit on the toilet as normal. They can poo. The poo is then captured in that cellophane valley. And you can then carefully take it off, carry it to a place where you can then scoop it out um, and put it into the, the little jar that you're 
healthcare providers should have given you. What a wonderful place to end. I mean, honestly, where are we going to end when we've done a whole episode about poop? Ladies, it's been fascinating. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Dr. Deb Levy and Sarah Hunstead will be back next week and they're answering questions about sleep. If there's one thing that every parent wants to know, it's why won't my baby sleep? They might be waking up several times through the night. They may be trying to drop their day sleep. Whatever your question is, you can ask Deb and Sarah. Now, this is going to be a special live event, so you can join us on Thursday, the 16th of March at 1.30pm Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Just check out the notes in this episode for the links. Or you can email us at feedplaylove at sea.com.au. See you then. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feed, Play, Love, a listener original podcast. If there's something you'd like to learn more about, email me at feedplaylove at sca.com.au. I'd love to hear from you. For more great kids and parenting podcasts, check out the listener app and don't forget to follow us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.